HavanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, Mike, I have an idea. You know, everyone's sort of streaming all these tournaments and doing all this stuff. I think we should do the Invitationalists Invitational. Is this like the mock invitational? No, no, it's the Invitationalist Invitational. We take the winner of like the SCG Invitational, Ali and Trazi. He won, you know, on Sunday or Saturday, whatever he won. And we pit him against Chris Fennell, who won the TCG Player Invitational this week. You know, we, we, and they fight, and they fight with their decks. Like, you know, Chris Fennell's playing like Red Green, Devotion, he's got Pelucrados, he's got uh, Xenagos, you know, he's got uh, all these cards. I, I, I think it would be fun. What, what was Ollie playing? Tron. Alright, uh, maybe maybe not. <laughs> maybe not so much. Uh, did, did you watch any of the uh, invitationals this weekend? Uh, not really. I didn't get a chance to watch very much. Um, I had a lot of family stuff going on this weekend, actually. Yeah. A lot of family stuff, like watching basketball games with family? Well, I mean, that was like not too late in the weekend, right? But um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. My daughter had a sleepover, and uh, I took my son to the park one day. So different but and then you know the basketball game was last night yeah yeah, yeah. so i uh i have uh i'm doing do, how did you not sign up for any of the team draft league stuff i don't i don't always read all the emails man what would have would i be playing modern masters right now you would be playing modern masters right now so so team draft league is like we did it i so there's a couple of them that exist in various mailing lists and various groups here in New York that already do one, like the Brooklyn Hipsters of the Coast Skies do one uh, in Brooklyn, where they've been doing a draft league for a while. So do you play your same deck the whole time? No. you you It's it's basically money draft format. It's old school, three-on-three, like, money draft format. Mm. Uh, you know, and you basically choose up, you know, you draft up teams, and then it's like, my team's playing your team this week, so we play. And, you know, you can do a bunch of different stuff. Like, we're doing all either Modern Masters or Dragons block. Okay. Like depending on, on who it is, a couple of people want to do Dragons. I'd rather just do Modern Masters. But but you can also, like, do it where, like, home team picks. Like, people have home and away, so home team gets to pick the Isn't format. John always the home team? Yeah, well, you, you could allow for some away team. You know, you could allow for some nominal. So he's, like, the Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be the Clippers playing in his... Lakers. You know what would have been amazing if the Clippers won the title this year and then they ripped off their jerseys and it turned out they were the Lakers? <laughs> well, that would have been hilarious, right? No? I don't know. I don't, I don't really like either. They were the Lakers much. all along. Peace Ali loves the Clippers. I know. Yeah, so what do you think about this NBA Finals right now? Have you been watching the games? I've, I've, watched, a, I've watched a little. I haven't really? Watched, I haven't watched a ton of it. So I was stuck on a bus coming home yeah. during game one, and then I caught the, I caught the I caught the end of game two. I mean, I I'm really not. I actually I'm at the point where I think that you would have never believed I would have ever gotten to. I'm at the point where I think I might not be able to believe in box scores anymore. Okay. It's all you know. All I ever do is study box scores, not really think about you know like the eye test or whatever people would say which players are playing great. I just don't understand how we can take box scores seriously if. One team is going to aggressively foul every single play, and there's just never a whistle. So it just looks like a missed shot attempt. Like, it, 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 I, I was actually going on full-on mo- monkey tilt at the end of last night's game. 
I mean, you can see where I'm coming from, I, right? As 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 a Knicks fan who endured many Bulls and Pacers series, you know, I've in, never seen anything like this. I, well, I mean, every I mean, single my, play. My my point being, I think that whenever it's your team, it feel like oh, you know, no, 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 feel I'm, that way. I'm the first person to be like, no, 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 no there, that should have been a, a, a foul call. Be like, oh yeah, that was pretty dirty. So like, I, I think that I'm pretty even even keel about that. And it's not like I thought that my team had a great shot of winning this series, but like. They're literally just hacking, and I don't understand, like, Green just popped LeBron in the face in that one play. They called it a flagrant, and then they decided it wasn't? Like, did his nose have to actually break? Like, he was, like, holding his face at the end of the play. He's like, I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to have to play Phantom the rest of the game? Is he going to be out this, like, the rest of this game? Like, I don't know. Like, if he had broken his nose, would it have been a flagrant instead? Maybe we'll try again? I, I did see the Cleveland weatherman who basically lost his shit during the telecast, <laughs> during the weather report over uh, over the fouls. I, I mean, so, like, yeah, the fouls have been unbelievable. Like, it's just maddening how bad the fouls have been. Like, hacks on every offensive play. And you're like, I mean, what would his shot percentage be if he just didn't get hacked every play? I, I, I don't know. And, you know, I, I think that the Cavs have played way above expectation and the Warriors have played substantially below expectation. Curry was... Abominable last well, night. Well, I mean, we, we saw that in the really last, bad. We saw that in the last series too. Like if Curry, if Curry just what was his what was his three point shooting I mean, numbers for the, for this game? His win score line was negative seven point five. Like, that like means he's almost a negative Tristan Thompson. Like in, if he, in, if, in, he in just, if he just if he's just not hitting his threes, like the team just it, it, it's, that's win. not even. It. I mean, his shooting was not good, but he had six turnovers. Right, like just don't have him in the game. I mean, he's just. He did did literally nothing well last night. Yeah, and he was he was a detriment to have on the floor. With that many turnovers, he's a detriment to have on the floor. Like, it's like Le- LeBron's bad at turnovers too, but he's a statistical outlier in every area. Did you, you see the last play of the game? Shump smacked that ball away, right? I mean, I, everyone's like, maybe Shump got a hand. I'm like, what are you talking about? Shump totally got a hand on that. I mean, the Cavs could easily be up 2-0 right now. That's the thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I think that they're definitely going to win or anything. Well, but I have know, a lot more hope than I did 24 hours ago. Well, the 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 you know Mount Rushmore of sports shouting heads in the yeah. morning has certainly changed their tune dramatically. Like, oh, yeah, everyone suddenly, everyone suddenly on Cleveland. Oh, I'm certainly not going to be like Odell Vadova is the answer to Curry. Uh, Tom Martell made a good point on Twitter last night. He's like, for the last 90 games, the NBA has been trying to figure out how to guard Seth Curry. I find it hard to believe that the answer was Matthew Delvadova, and I would agree with him because Delvadova is so bad at guarding, at guarding Clay Thompson. Like Clay Thompson had his way with Matthew Delvadova very badly in the first quarter. So I, I, I don't think that it was all Del. You know, nobody's immune to a bad shooting night. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly happened in other in other Golden State series in this playoffs where he's had so. a bad night. And if he has a bad night, the team just. But everything just kind of falls apart. The fact that the Cavs have stolen one of the Golden State home games is yeah, really it's heartening. Huge, it's like huge. the Cavs have been more or less invincible at home. If if Jr. hadn't popped Jay Crowder in the face, like I think that they they would have been undefeated in the playoffs so far. I, the thing that's really bothering me is the calls have been so bad. They called travel on Mozgov instead of foul at the end of the first uh, uh, the fourth quarter of the first game, which don't even go to overtime if they if they call that correctly. And then Kyrie wouldn't have a busted kneecap right now. So it's it's hard to, maybe he would, right? I mean, I think that those things are probably not isolated events. Like, you know, you put a, a continual amount of wear and tear onto a knee that's probably had a ton of steroids pumped into it because of his uh, 
his tendon injury and maybe he's always going to get injured. But you know, it's, from a narrative standpoint, it feels a lot like if the refs just called reasonably, wouldn't even gone to overtime in the first game. And I mean, it's really important. I, I, I the calls are. Why do we even have refs? Like, why not just have robots? Like, I think robots would be able to make the right call. Am I? Am I, I? I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, it's certainly an argument that people make that the that the. Like maybe they turn the, the traveling the tension down, you know, like, oh, well, we're going to allow this amount of traveling. We're going to allow this amount of contact, right? right? But if they set those tensions yeah, you, and then it's that, called consistently, see, it's fine. You see that in baseball, too. Like, well, they'll talk about umpires, you know, lowering or raising the strike zone or making adjustments to how they're enforcing certain, you know, balk moves or things I, like that. I feel like if they just called the games consistently, then everyone would be happy, right? Yeah. But they just don't. Like... I mean, they just, they refuse, and this is the same as the case in, like, the, uh, the end of a lot of the close Spurs Heat games in the last couple of years. They just don't call any fouls in, the, like, the last seconds of the game, which is absurd. You see, like, a star player get I, hacked by I, five guys, you should, the whistle should I, fire. I, I agree in general. I think that they've, they've taken their foot off the brake on calling fouls, and I think they should be, I think they should actually be more, so I guess you don't want, you don't want people to tune into a game and, you know, watch this showcase. Like, there's a lot of people that this is probably the only NBA game they watch. I feel like there's maybe some like edict from the NBA to be like, don't you know, don't slow the game down too much with free throws. And but like, it's like kinda, it's like Van Gundy said. He said, you know, then let's just make an announcement at the beginning of the series that in the finals you're allowed to flagrant the best player in the world <laughs> in the face, and it's a common foul. He said that. He said this is a flagrant foul. You know, I, I, I. I his hand was nowhere near the ball. He just bashed LeBron in the face. And then, and then there was, and it, LeBron wasn't that mad about it. Somebody else elbowed him after the content contact. That's when he got mad. They're like, look, we're already gonna foul him. We can't let him continue, right? He's LeBron. Foul LeBron, he has continuation a lot of the time. So popping him in the face isn't enough. You gotta elbow him in the head as a follow-up. Like that's, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's like Akita dogs. Like Akitas are Japanese dogs that were trained to hunt bear, and like one of them would bite the leg, yeah. and then the and then the bear would fall, and then the other one would bite the neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like, I, I, is, that, is, that, is that the plan there? I, I don't know. How else do you contain LeBron James? The like, I was one of the first people to be like, I think Matthew Dellavedova is a dirty player. You know, after a lot of the calls in the Atlanta and Chicago series. I mean, I actually loved the play that he made on Taj Gibson, where he like where he grabbed his leg a little bit. He didn't, like, really hurt him, hurt him. Gibson shoved him from behind, knocked him into the floor, and it was on top of him, right? He gave him a little squeezy squeeze, right? <laughs> He's not the one who made Gibson kick him afterwards. So is, is, how, how many minutes did Delavidova get during the regular season, he just didn't get as many. No, he right? played like twelve minutes a game. Yeah, no, he, was, he's, he was he's Kyrie's getting, primary backup. But he's getting a lot more minutes now, right? Yeah, they don't have any other yeah. point guard. So I'm just saying, like, he's just like—is he just? It's part of the reason he's looked so standout is because he's just got the fresh like everyone else. No, 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 no. I think this beat is up. I think he's this guy who wasn't drafted, clearly physically less talented than the rest of the league, but he has the heart. He has the heart of a of a lion. He, he's like whatever tools he has at his disposal, he's going to use. And these other guys aren't using those tools. He actually tools. has the contract of a free agent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a little more accurate than well, part so of a lion. Think about it like this, right? So when Al Horford says something like, oh, this is a fraternity, this is a brotherhood, you have to treat each other a certain way. After he, he literally moved, did, the, did the Kevin Love, Kelly Olynyk thing to, to Delhi, right? Yeah. Which could have just, if, if same, same thing could have borne out, he could have yeah. dislocated Delhi's arm. 
and then elbowed Delhi in the head, as if Delhi is the one who should be apologizing for this, right? They're calling all, all kinds of BS about him, dirty play. There's tons of vines of any of this stuff before before any of those so-called Delavadova dirty plays happen, where the, the Hawks players are just hitting him. Like, he's, like, standing there waiting for an inbounds pass, and one of them just pops him ahead with an elbow. Like, that, that's just not getting played from Reggie Miller. I, I, I honestly didn't. I, I barely I'm watched. sure you've seen these narratives no, no, about yeah. him being I have, I have seen the narrative. I'm saying is, uh, I've, I've barely watched any of the uh, Eastern Conference games this playoffs. I mean, they were just the Cavs raffle-stomping their opponents. <laughs> like... Like, I just, I just watch. I just, I just. That's also because the games were on later. I just watched the Western Conference. Yeah, games. I mean, it was like the Chicago series was mildly interesting because because Jr. didn't play in the first game, and you know the Cavs have had so many injuries. But like, they weren't really close. The, the you could just watch even the games that Chicago won. Their offense is so embarrassingly bad. It, it's it's shocking that they won a series. They didn't win a series last year because their offense was so bad. Yeah, they're incredibly bad offensively. Similar to, I don't know, a blue-white control deck. <laughs> no offense. Uh, you saw that there were some cards spoiled today? There were some cards spoiled. Uh, none of them are interesting, really, except for that dragon. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like the kind of cards that you see in a course. I mean, there's there's a functional reprint of Indrik Stompower. I didn't, apparently, I have not seen the same cards as you. I saw, like, a forecasting cost burn spell with Scry. Maybe I don't know if I saw that one. I saw only in uh, Mark Rosewater's article. Oh, did he have a spoiler today? They were like not good though. Oh no. Where, where have you seen these cards? There was well, they they did this thing. So they they, they I saw that guy. So they spoiled uh, Avaricious Dragon two RR for a four four flying at the beginning of your draw step. Draw an additional card at the beginning of your end step. Discard your hand. I think that that card I like. Super love, hate it. I think it's going to be awesome, awful. <laughs> so awesome, draw an extra card, awful, discard your hand. Oh, I think, like, there are formats where this would be one of the best cards in the format, for sure. And the problem is, like, this card is awesome, awful. It's not, it's never pretty good, okay? So, like, Thunderbreaker Region is a good card. Okay? Right. <laughs> this card is not a pretty good card. This card is like, I will demolish my opponent or it will make me lose. Those are, and there's no in between. If you just play this card on like turn three, four and your opponent has like a doom blade after the trigger goes on the stack, yeah, you're done. And like, you're just probably not coming back if that, if that happens to you. But if this sticks around for three turns, you can't <laughs> lose, right? This is like an incredibly awesome, awful card to love hate. Right, it's kind my of like- My sense is it's probably, it might, like, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I'm just going to be complaining about this card for the next two years. And I'm not sure which direction I'm going to be complaining about it from. Like, you, can, you certainly can never protect it, right? It's like a mistbind click, but even dumber. <laughs> like, a mistbind click is a pretty dumb magic card. Like, dumb in like, every way that you could use the word dumb for a magic card, a mistbind click is dumb. But most primarily that it's lack, complete and utter lack of development. But this card is like... You could see the intentionality that was put into it, and they're like, wow, what a good bad card this is gonna be. Well, I mean, this card like fits into like the mold of a deck like Burning Bridge, right? Does it? Well, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that it fits into that deck, but I'm saying it's in that same mold. 
Oh, like, gra- oh, so you're talking about like a grafted skull cap, right? Like grafted skull cap. Look, a grafted skull cap doesn't get terror from one sure. thing. Sure. Okay, so even if you, or like, uh, I play bottle, I played a lot of bottle cloister, okay? Like, you, you play bottle cloister. Do you know the, do you know what happens when you play a bottle cloister? You're immune to discard. That's the way that you pick a bottle cloister. You don't think about it as like, I had to discard my whole hand. All right, you're, you're stockpiling for some right, later bottle, date. Bottle Cloister was a card where you would draw an extra card but every, at turn. The end, every turn, but at the end of your turn, your you hand hide would your go hand under, under the Bottle Cloister, right? And a lot of people didn't want to play that card. I thought it was awesome, yeah. you know? Uh, I, I was taught to play that card by Andrew Cunio, and he was right. It was a really good yeah. card. Um, but this, like, the people don't terror a Bottle Cloister. That doesn't right. happen, yep. right? They don't Doomblade a Grafted Skull Clap, right? They don't Foul Tongue Invocation one. Okay? They don't end hostilities one. But think about it, like you just play this. If I just have end hostilities, like I'm gonna do this before you get your extra draw and you've already discarded right. your hand. This is so different from a Sarkin. When well, you do I mean, a Sarkin. The, 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 idea, the idea on this is that it's generally the, you know, you're, you're gonna play this out as like the top end of a very, like imagine this in a cube deck. Uh, right? I mean. Like imagine this in the mono red cube deck, right? That you love so much. Well, not the one you love so much, because you tend to like one a little more mid-rangey. But something where you, you know, you start out with a fast one. But you start out with a goblin guide, and you follow it up with an Eidolon, or with, you know, a, oh, a plate of GP or something. And you bolt someone, and you cast yeah. a sulfuric for and you're, you're like, your hand is empty. And, you know, you're like, suspend rift bolt, do this, now play this guy. You know, like, but, but if you had to make a call on this guy, constructed, playable, or not. It's hard to X him out of being constructed playable, but I have a hard time imagining he's actually going to displace some of the other cards you have available right now. Right, because because of Thunderbreak Region. For the, for the Thunderbreak Region is just just a consistently good Magic the Gathering card. This card is not going to be consistently good. Right. Right. So, if it's good fifty one percent of the time, I don't know if that's good enough because the times that it's good are just like you get a minor amount of card advantage, and the times that it's bad, you get demolished. So it probably has to be good like 85% of the time in order to in order to really be positively impactful. That said, I wouldn't have said that I'm going to be complaining about this card for the next two years if I can't imagine scenarios where I'm complaining about this card. Right. And I can imagine a lot. God, this guy stinks. What a moron. He had Avaricious Dragon. <laughs> you know, maybe if people play like green-white aggro decks, then that card's the best. Or, or, or does he go like, you know, what about like a red-black deck where you're, you know, making them discard or doing some kind of, I don't even know. I have a hard, I have a hard time imagining it being played for like a year. I mean, just think about the options, right? Like what, what deck are you going to play? Mono-red? It's probably worse on average than Thunderbreak region. And there is no shortage of expensive red threats you could play right. at four or five mana. Like what if, what if, the, what if the bar is set at Perforos? Right? Just think about it at Perforos. Perforos has a lot of upside relative to this card. Yeah. You can play with Perforos with cards like Dragon Fodder and Cordling Outburst, you know, Goblin Rabble Master, and, you know, he does some good work. And even if you don't have all of those cards, Perforos is like potentially indestructible. He's got, you know, he's really got a lot of upside. This guy has destructibility. Yeah, he's, he's got literal destructibility. And, you know. <laughs> It's tough, but if you don't, if he doesn't die, you just can't lose. I got, I don't know. Right. But you have you have zero ways to protect him. 
You can't protect it. Like, like it has to be like on board, right? It you has have to have be like, like a. You need like Mother of Runes or some other card that like doesn't exist. A morph creature thing. that has like a flip up counter spell ability, right? Like Stratus Dancer. That, but like this guy, you wouldn't play this card with Stratus Dancer. Those right. guys, that's not the team, right? Stratus Dancer wants to be on a different team than this. Right. I, I could, I could see, again, I could see like something where you're thought seizing. Uh, but then I don't even. They, no, I can't even see that because you're fueling one for ones. No, yeah, because well, I was thinking maybe more like some sort of, I guess, him deter. <laughs> I keep thinking about it in the context of some kind of cube deck more than like this card's gonna be awesome in cube. Hmm. I'll play anything. Yeah. So, some more cards. So, th these are all from, like, pre-con decks. Okay. That, uh, that, that, you, that are sent out to retailers. So, not not a lot of these are going to be... Uh, Hella so exciting. A Crow and Jailer. I haven't seen that guy so yet. So, he's white for a 1-1, one, one, a human soldier, and then he's got 2-W, tap, tap target creature. He's pretty expensive. Awful. Yeah. Uh, Grasp of the Heromancer. Uh, one and a white for an aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has whenever this creature attacks, tap target defending, uh, tap target creature defending player controls. Love it. Do you? Yeah, it's good. Really? Really. Where do you, where do you see, where do you see this going? Okay. Oh, I guess in the heroic decks? I mean, I, I always think about different ways that I can play, that I can play Heliod's Pilgrim. Right? right. Like, I would love to one of this card in a Heliod's Pilgrim deck. No? Better than Hammerhand? You do this more than once. Hammerhand, you got a one shot. Oh, fair. Because it's already right. Yeah, like... Okay. You could play four. It actually boosts the guy, right? Yes. Yeah, because the creature gets plus one, plus one. I mean, like, what if you put that on your heroic guy, attack, they can't block, you play another one, and then now they can't, they need two blockers. I think it's, I think that card is pretty good. Does it also draw a card? No, it does not draw a card. Look, you can't have everything, man. You're gonna need to play Sage's Reverie. I'm sorry, my friend. I think card's good. Uh, Valor and Akros, 3W for an enchantment. Uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Not, mm. not the type of card. Four mana, enchantment. It's a four mana? Yeah. Oh, no. If it was three mana, I don't know. You start ambushing people with raise the alarms and... I mean, I'm just thinking about having, like, a Goblin Rabble Master in play. Like, every yeah. single time he triggers, you're buffing. It's kind of sweet. I mean, but... but four if it's four mana, you just might as well be in Perforos and doing <laughs> that. Like, no one beats Perforos, and nobody plays Perforos. It's weird. It's like David Lee and Andre Iguodala. How do those guys not crack the rotation? They were all-stars two years ago. I mean, I mean always cracked the rotation now, but... Draymond Tr Green is a hell of a drug. That guy's good. <laughs> He's not been playing well the last... I mean, he played well last night, actually. Yeah, he looked pretty good. He was pretty bad in game one. Yeah. So, uh... But seriously, Lee can't get minutes? He's a free agent this year, right? I don't know. Maybe I'll and pick maybe him the up. Knicks, maybe the Knicks can max get him, him out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he ain't worth no max, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> like, I, like, wait, you wouldn't max me at 25, but now that I'm 30-odd... <laughs> all right, yeah. Sounds like... That have, sounds like a Knicks move. I, I have my secret hopes that they just... They just like are doing some sort of performance art, and then you just max out Amari again this year. <laughs> My secret hope. Uh, heavy infantry. Well, actually, I was thinking about um, about uh, tweeting at Phil last night. I mean, like, I guess the three pointers aren't going well tonight because of Curry. Going. Going. The clunking, clanking. He misspelled going, but he was just like. Oh, okay. Because like, Phil has gone insane. He's gone from the he's, greatest coach he has ever. He too many rings. He can't type. 
the two best teams in the league like cracked every record for three pointers this year, and he's talking about like three pointers don't make any sense. I, I don't understand. Former tire. He's a fifty million dollar contract. A, a max. He doesn't a, actually play a basketball. Ma- a max Amari. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> max Amari. Okay. Okay. What team is Amari on? Houston. I think he's on Houston. Yeah. So. All right, heavy infantry. 4W, so human soldier, so you know you're not playing this. 3-4, when heavy infantry enters the battlefield, tap target creature and controls. You know, probably a fine limited card. Uh, Sentinel of the Eternal Watch. Uh, it's an uncommon. 5W, vigilance, 4-6. At the beginning of each com- beginning of combat on each opponent's turn, tap target creature that player controls. Pretty sweet card for commander, actually. I mean, you get so to these tap one creature every, like, in multiplayer, this card's pretty cool. Yeah, these pre-con cards seem very thematic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, So lots of tapping. So that that's... Uh, so then uh, Veteran Sidearm, which is equipment, two mana to cast, one to equip, and equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. So nothing really... It says some kind of machete. Right? Yeah. Uh, in the never-ending quest to give Marshall Sutcliffe... Uh, a entire deck of Mana Wars. Oh. Uh, he gets a Separatist Void Mage, and that's 3U for a common. When uh, Separatist Void Mage enters the battlefield, you may return target creature to its owner's hand. It's a 2-2, two, two, but it costs 4. So it's just like the world's worst Mana War? I mean, there's 5 Mana Flying Mana Wars. At 2-2? Two, two? I mean, they're 2-2. Two, two. If it Mana Wars, it's a 2-2 two, two right now. I mean, they had... Haven Surveyor. They had... There's Void, vo- right? There's the one that doesn't fly or anything. No, no. It's, it's of, just, like, worse. Yeah. Yeah. There's Aether Adept not that long ago. Yeah. So. But probably not. Not <laughs> at four? No, not at four. Aether Adept could barely crack Constructed Rotation at three. Um, so barely. This, so this card's probably a little more uncommon. Uh, Jesse and Thief. So it's 2U for a 1-3. Uh, whenever Justine Thief deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So it's, you know, basically... Ophidian. Ophidian, but... Well, Ophidian, you know, you didn't have to draw combat Scroll damage. Scroll Thief. Scroll Thief. But this one has prowess. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, this has prowess. Wait, so it's Scroll Thief with prowess? Yeah. This Uncom- might just be a real card, though. Yeah, I think this one's a real card. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, he's, he's more... He's, you know... It's still a... A 1-3 three for 3, but... 1-3 three for 3s have, have done some damage in the history of Magic. Ophidian, Shadow Mage, Infiltrator. I don't know if anyone's played Scroll Thief or not in Constructed, but... I'm racking my brain. I mean, Oran Viper was a... Oh, yeah, yeah, Oran Viper, sure. This card's kind of interesting. I think that they were like, what do we have to do to get people to play Ophidian again? This is a powerful card. Yeah. If, if you can untap with this, you're probably not going to lose. That's the thing. That's really, <laughs> it's like the opposite of Avaricious Dragon. <laughs> like, please don't die. I mean, I guess they're both please don't die. But if you untap, you're really just stone going to brain them if this guy untaps. Um, do, you, do you think that card will see constructed? No. But, like... <laughs> but you're going to think about it? If it costs two, it would be the greatest creature of all time, though. Well, I mean, if there's a green-blue... Like, if you go turn one elf, turn two this... Sold. So you just are completely abandoning the prowess angle now. <laughs> I don't know. We can fight. We can Is that coffee. a Magic 2015 card? Yeah, these are no, no, no. These are Magic Origins. That's the what I meant. Set. Yeah, yeah, the new set. I guess I know what I'm drafting. Yeah. 
Like, but like, you oh, know, it's uncommon, right? I can't base my strategy. No, you can't. That you can't. Um, Hydrolash. So this is two Hydrolash. To you, for an instant, attacking creatures get minus two, minus zero until end of turn. Draw a card. Instant. <laughs> I'm making like that scowling gymnast face. I mean, whatever. You know, you could. But the Pestermite player would never see it coming. As you know, I'll play anything that says draw a card on it. <laughs> just, just straight in. Uh, Ring Warden Owl. 3 UU. For a 3 3 flyer with prowess at common. So, 5 for a 3 3 flyer? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably a great limited card. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, very conclave, but. Awesome. Yeah, but better. Worse, also. There's a lot of cards. Yeah, there's, there's like five. There's like four or five cards for each color. Uh, Malakir Cullblade. So it's a one-one for black and one. And whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Malakir Cullblade. Uncommon. Interesting card. Playable. Probably not. Is it a vampire? It is a vampire warrior. Oh, maybe then. It's got double synergies. What's the first synergy? Vampire and then warriors. Oh. You, can, you can make it tougher, you can make it I thought it stronger. you meant like synergy with removal. No, yeah, no, no. It's actually horrible. What if the opponent has like a creatureless deck and it's just like a one, one for two? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get any bonuses from you, like from Sam Black sacrificing his own creatures. That's garbage. Yeah. Uh, Deadbridge Shaman. Well, maybe Deadbridge Chant will come back then. I own a bunch of those. So this is 2B for a 3-1, and when Deadbridge Shaman dies, target opponent discards a card. Garbage. Uh, Eye Blight Assassin. Well, so they're bringing back the Dead Bridges and the Eye Blights. Yeah. So this is 2B for a 2-2 Elf Assassin. When Eye Blight Assassin enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So this is a little Necrotalish? A little Necrotalish. I mean, not good enough for Constructive. No. Probably. Three mana? Yeah. I mean, probably... Scratch probably, I mean, fine and limited. Yeah, More I mean, than fine. I'm just thinking about, like, how it has to be costed to construct. It's an elf, right? It is an elf okay. assassin. I feel like that card is just, like, intentionally massively underwhelming. You play it on turn two. Get their elf. And, and what? Get their elf. Come on. Negatory. Uh, Rabid Bloodsucker. This is a common... 4B for 3-2 flyer and then uh, when Rabbit Bloodsucker enters the battlefield each player loses 2 life so it's a flying highway robbers but you don't gain the life they just lose 2 life it's okay. 5? yeah it's 5 and it's 4-4? Four, four? no it's a 3-2 <laughs> it is 5 do they have like a member of R&D whose job it is just to make cards no one will ever want to play right, how about this? this this is a card that's probably constructive viable Reeve Soul 1B, destroy target creature with power 3 or less. It's like a smother. Yeah, except it's power, not cash hey. cost. But, yeah, it's very smothery. That's fine. Quite good, right? Uh, I mean, it's up against Bile Blight. Yeah. I mean, Bile Blight's, you know, coming up on its expiration date. Not yet. Yeah, not yet, but it's coming up. <laughs> Bile Blight's like Tim Duncan. He's like, got another season in me. Uh, then Shambling Ghoul. It's a 2-3 for one and a black. Ooh. And then it enters the battlefield tapped. And what kind of creature is it? A ghoul? It is a zombie. 
Wait, so two three zombie for two enters the battlefield tapped? Yeah. This could be a playable Magic the Gathering card, actually. What makes that a playable? What makes that playable versus the, the other? The number of garbage, horrible zombies that have been played. Like <laughs> Patrick Sullivan, an Invitational a few years ago, not that long ago, like in the last four years, played literal B one. Is it Walking Corpse? Is yeah, that the name? Corpse. He played Walking Corpse in a constructed tournament. This guy is slightly better or slightly worse than Walking. I'm putting Corpse. it on slightly better. Slightly better. Yeah. No one blocks. It doesn't matter. When was the last time you saw someone block? Never. That's right. Uh, and then in- I don't even know why they have a declared blocker's face. It's not used. <laughs> uh, ne- yeah. Infernal scarring. I guess you can't help convoking if it comes up like that. One B for an aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two plus zero and has when this creature dies draw a card. Wait. So one B for plus two plus zero. Yeah. And when this creature dies, draw a card. Yeah. 1B. So 2 mana for, for plus 2 plus 0? Yeah. I don't know. That card's not... I'm not viscerally offended by this card. I think it might be okay. I mean, like, I never know which auras actually we'll see play. Like, it doesn't matter how bad an aura is. People will jam four copies into their deck. Like, did you think that Ordeal of Heliod was like a 4X main deck quality card? Uh, I mean, I liked. I liked four X. I'm sorry, a four X main deck quality card. When you saw that card, is that I what you said to yourself? The heroic decks. No, no, no. You didn't even know what a heroic deck was. You first see Ordeal of Heliod. No, I would not have Ordeal of Heliod. And so. yet, a year later, it's sure. a four X main it's deck the con- card. Right, it's the context of how decks get built and the linear strategies, and you know, if there's like some sort of, you know. You know, enchantress in this set somewhere. Some people just willing to jam four copies of Ordeal Heliod in their deck. I think this. I think you could do worse than this card. Yeah, but you, but you can't. I mean, you can't. You can't envision much like Ordeal of Heliod. You can't envision the deck that this goes in. I don't know. Like maybe there's like a one-one unblockable that I want to put this on, right? I mean, I can imagine that. Okay. I've played like a first turn Evanescence Pilgrim and then jammed three three auras on it on the second turn before. Like, I've just done that, you know? Okay. Well, maybe two on the second turn, and then just, like, attacked for five. That's been a thing to do. Getting... I'm just trying to think of, like, you're still down a card on the creature that dies, but they use a card to kill it. Yeah, but, like, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I played, like, an Avacyn's Pilgrim, put two Rancors, attacked for five, untapped, put, like, a flying plus two plus two enchantment on it, and then, like, you know, attack for seven. They're dead the next turn. Like, it's not... And I'm talking about an Avacyn's Pilgrim. Like, that's not even a good combat creature. Right. Right? Like, you just put stuff on things, and sometimes they kill the opponent to death. Sometimes they shouldn't have kept their hand. Like, this card isn't good against red decks, you know? It's not good yeah. against... But it's probably spectacularly good against, like, some of these decks that just play a comes into play tap land for the first five <laughs> turns of the game. Um, enthralling Victor. Now we're in red. 3R for a 3-2. When Enthralling Victor enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature and opponent controls with power 2 or less until end of turn. How much is this thing? 4 mana for a 3-2. You get power 2 or less. Does it get haste and all of that? Yeah, it gets haste and all that. It's, it's, How it's, can they take such a great template and make such a terrible card? It's 1 mana less than zealous conscripts. Correct. And it's one ma- one mana more than active treason. In, in return you get like a 3-2 body. He doesn't have a haste either. 
It's just nothing. Zealous Conscripts was itself hasty. Is that right? Uh, I don't remember. I'm gonna now. say yes. I think it was. We can't look it up. No. Uh, seismic elemental. Three RR for a four four, so earth elemental sized. Uh, it's an elemental, and when seismic elemental enters a battlefield, creatures without flying can't block this turn. Uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> If it said creatures without flying cannot block, and that was its its flavor, its text, its rules text, it just still wouldn't be a good enough card. Uh, Lightning Javelin, this might be the card you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Three R for sorcery. Lightning Javelin deals three damage to target creature or player. Scry one. It's obviously not good enough for constructed. Obviously? Yeah, yes. I think it's yes, obvious. Yes, obviously. Uh, Volcanic Rambler. Uh, five R half six of that, four. Half of that name sounds good. The other half yeah. sounds like a like a pair of overalls. Yes. One half of its casting cost sounds good. R. Yeah. The other half five no. doesn't sound very good. Has there ever been a good card at five R? I can think of a bunch of good cards at four R. <laughs> yeah, I can too. I'm five to R. Has there been even one good card ever? Good card at five. The Echo Cavu. Uh, five, flames on Cavu. Does Does Banefire for five count? No. Uh, oh, where you say the falling star. Okay, there you go. That's the best we can do? Yeah, I think so. So Shambler, Rambler's a 6-4, so it's basically a red crawl worm. <laughs> That's it? Well, no, it has the ability uh, 2R, Volcanic Rambler deals one damage to target player. That's an ability. That's a real it ability. ability. It is a real so, ability. So, like, seriously, where you say the falling star, that's it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Disappointing. Okay, and then Subterranean Scout. So this is a Goblin Scout. 1R for a 2-1. So we're in the range of playable cards, right? It's in. I mean, I don't need even... To when Subterranean Scout enters the battlefield, target creature with power 2 or less can't be blocked this turn. I think it's probably good enough to play. Like, do you do that to, like, a Goblin <clears throat> Pile Driver? Well, the thing is that right now a lot of... The red aggro offense is based on tokens, so... Well, you can also do that to, like, a... But I'm saying you could do it to, like, a Goblin Rabble Master, Yeah, before right? it gets its buffs. Right. Yeah. I think it's probably playable. Is it every turn, or it's just a... When, only when it enters the battlefield. Oh, so... It'd be a weird curve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can also just play it on turn two and... Attack people, and Attack it. people with it, right? Uh, Hitchclaw Recluse. We're in green now. It's an actual goddamn spider. For three? For three. It's a one-four with reach. It's just... The, it's this just card is literally it's, just taunting John Becker. It's just ribcage spider. <laughs> Functional reprint. Continue. Uh, Conclave Naturalists. Conclave Naturalists. Four and a G for a four-four. And then it has the rules text, Indrik Stompel. When it's Concave just, Naturalists... Enters the battlefield, you may no, oh, you may you're right, you're destroy right. Target, target artifact or enchantment. So this card is strictly better than a card that I declared to be the best card in Ravnica Block. <laughs> strictly better. What is it? It's you may. Right, right. You don't have to get your own oblivion ring. Well you're like your own, I don't know, uh you know, that tapping thing, right? Like your opposition. What's an glare of subdual? Right. Faith's fetters, like that card was amazing in that format. I think this, I don't know. 
2015 is a card that's strictly better than the best card in Ravnica block good enough? Probably not. I don't know that it is. I mean, we already have... It's like, what if we, I played, we like... We have a three-drop that What if I played, like, Anok Survivalist on two? <laughs> Reclamation Sage on three. There's nothing on four I no, could do. I no. could, I'll just have to play, like, Utter End yeah. on four. <laughs> <laughs> and then this guy on five. Uh, Mantle of Webs. And that's 1G for an aura, enchant creature, enchanted creature, gets plus one, plus three in reach. This is not a card that I would be willing to, to get with my... All right, I'll get it. Okay, how does this card sound? This card, really the, the, the name sounds like it's going to be good here, right? Jiraga Invocation. It sounds good, right? I'm listening. 4GG. 4GG. There have been some cards of 4GG. Each creature you control gets plus three, plus three until end of turn and must be blocked this turn if able. Oh, so this is some sort of bizarro overrun? It's like an overrun. It doesn't trample, but... It, it like anti-trample. Anti yes. Yeah, it forces your opponent to put all their creatures in the way of all your creatures. I mean, I guess I will take it first pick when I open it at the Pro Tour, but I won't, I, I won't be... All right, I will be happy about it, I guess. So not that many cards here. I mean, obviously, these these are like sample decks that are getting sent out to retailers just to show people some, some you know, basic things. But Conclave Naturalists, potentially a playable card. Subterranean Scout, potentially playable. Uh, you could do some funny Goblin Rabble Master tricks with it. Uh, no. Victor, no good. You like Infernal Scarring, weirdly. I said I could think about it. Um, I like things that do damage to the opponent. You also like Shambling Ghoul. Which one is That's that? That's the 2-3 that enters the battlefield tap. I, I said it was better than Walking Corpse. I'm not sure that that means <laughs> I like it. I think you guys are going steady. The uh, bar on me going steady is not high. Yeah. And then uh, we didn't like the Cutthroat. Blue cards. Uh, possibly Jesse and Thief. <laughs> I want it to be so good. I, I know. But in order for it to be good, you have to just completely abandon the prowess half. <laughs> it's, like, hilarious. Maybe you do, like, you know, bounce things. What if there was a card that was just, like, a Llanowar Elf, but, like, not a creature? Like, you could well, just they're, they're, play, pay one, and it's just, like, taps for one? Would that card just be, like, in every deck? Probably. That would just be, like, mini Soul Ring, but mini Soul Ring is still good enough. And then, uh... I kind of like... Actually, can you imagine that? You're like, first turn island, mini soul ring, mini soul ring, mini soul ring, mini soul ring. <laughs> like, I, I, untap, I, you know, like, academy win... Yeah, this is not a good a good match of the game. I, I kind of like Sentinel of the Eternal Watch for Commander. As an uncommon, which is unusual. Uh, you like Grasp of the uh, Hieromancer. So yeah. Another, again, an enchantment. Aura. Yeah, an aura. And then... Uh, you love hate Avaricious Dragon. I love hate Avaricious Dragon. It is awesome, awful. I mean, I think I, it's like it's like a little bit like Lucky Jin to me. This card is much better than Lucky Jin. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, your opponent plays Lucky Jin against you, and you're like, "What was your? What was your? Is your reaction ever? Oh no!" <laughs> like, like you look at the counterspell in your hand and you just start to laugh at them when they play Lucky Jin, right? Like your opponent plays this card against you. Yeah. And you're playing some... There are certainly decks that will get demolished by that card. It's not the same as Lucky Jin. Like, like if you, you play... You can't play a deck that can't deal with a, a, 
of a four-drop dragon. You can't. You can't play a deck that can't deal with a four-drop dragon in standard. Yes, right you now. can. You can. You certainly can. Come on. What are you, what are you going to do? Just like thinking about which decks can't quote unquote deal with a four drop. Like, what about green white aggro? Or like. Sure, well, that deck's just ignoring what every deck's doing, right? Yeah, you're just like, your, your answer to their four drop dragon is like a whisperwood elemental. <laughs> like, I have a four four for five. You're Hopefully probably, I will attack you. You're and probably I'll... reasonably happy to still see them play that card. I'm just saying you can play yeah. a deck that can't deal with a four drop. I think there's just like. No, I mean, I guess about, there's Valorous Stance in that deck. You what about can, some sort of, like, green-red Devotion deck? You mean, like, the kind that Chris Finnell played? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll still lose to Tron, but, uh, you know, like, like some kind of deck where you're, like, you're elfing out, like, cards, and you're just, like, dumping your hand. But I'm not going to elf out that card. But what, what, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a four of, right? Like, you could have one or two of them. Like, if you, can you imagine at the end of just, like, your... You know, vomiting out this like board state to be that able I to... cord for it. Cording for it's pretty sweet. I mean, if I'm in a position, cording to... for it's really sweet. If I'm in a position to cord for that card, I would also be in a position to cast Dragon Lord Atarka. Think sure. about it like that. Sure. You could also cord for Dragon Lord Atarka in this deck, but yeah, I mean, I just don't see Avaricious Dragon being played in this deck that you're sure. talking about. Sure. I mean, other decks maybe. I'm just saying, like, I'm just imagining in some deck where you're just, like, deploying your hand, developing your board, and then you get this opportunity to, you know... Just I mean, are you really going to play that card instead of Storm Breath Dragon? No. Are you going to play that card instead of, like, Savage just... Knuckle Blade? Yes. Really? Yeah, Savage Knuckle Blade has never won anything ever. That guy is a baller. Yeah. He is David Lee. He was once first picked. He was offered a big deal, and now he's sitting on the bench behind some green card. <laughs> and that green card is Sylvan Carey added. <laughs> Excellent defender. Yeah, it's like he's uh, like Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond, that's what I'm saying. A green card, <laughs> exactly. The Draymond Green card. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, it's an interesting card. But uh, I, 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 for me, that card smacks of cube card. I'm telling you, that card is awesome, awful. I love hate it. And what would your seriously? You're, you love hate it, but like, you're ever gonna be upset seeing your opponent play that against you? Like a deck that you would play? Yeah. A deck that you would bring to a standard tournament. Do you ever see yourself being like, Whew, damn it, I can't believe my opponent played this card again. I'm just thinking about the last several standard tournaments I've played in, what decks I've played. i played Mono Blue Dragons. I would love it if my opponent played that card. <laughs> I've played Blue Black Control. Cannot lose to that card in a million years. You know what the worst is, right? I would just cancel it if I had to, right? You know, no, you know what the worst is? The opponent it. plays that against you, yeah. and then with the trigger on the stack, they voyages end it and scry. <laughs> Why? So they would just discard all their cards but scry? No, you voyages end it back to their hand oh, oh. with their trigger on the stack. Got and it. And then they pay, they discard it as well as everything else. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like I played a voyages like, oh, end my in my pun, blue my dragon blue. deck. I I'm fine. I mean, can you just imagine like encasing that card in ice? Oh god. Well, that would. I hope the top of your deck is really good. 
<laughs> I hope you don't say draw two lands this turn. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably not the worst place to be in if you're in that deck. But... Okay, let's just put it this way. It could have been uh, an outpost siege, which does not force you to discard <laughs> your hand every turn. So if you're going to get the utility for four casting costs on red, why don't we just play the version that doesn't have the clause, you must discard your hand every turn. Outpost siege, yeah. your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that card was way better than I currently think it is after having puzzled through some of these <laughs> scenarios. After having done a little role-playing experiment uh, in which your opponent has, has crushed all your hopes and dreams with a voyage's end. So, let's see. What so, I played Mono Blue, Dragons. Previous to that, I played Blue-Black Control. Previous to that, I played Abzan. Abzan is not very good, but it has plenty of ways to kill a forecasting cost single-color creature. Yeah. Uh, let's see that. And then prior to that, I played red-white control. I would demolish that as well. The deck had uh, Chain to the Rocks yeah. and Stoke the Flames <laughs> and just Heliod's Pilgrim, Sarkin, Elsbeth. <laughs> Literally, you're like, oh, you can have it. Discard your hand, Elsbeth, pop fours. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a fair matchup. Prior to that, I played green-black Devotion. I mean, I just can't imagine losing to that. Like, it doesn't have great immediate interaction, but, like, I think I just couldn't lose to them, right? Like, all two-for-ones. That's, like, an Arbor Colossus, Genesis Hydra. I guess I see a Doomwake Giant times four. Pretty good enchantments package. I think I would be ahead against the deck yeah. that played that. Yeah. Prior to that, I played Green-White Devotion for Elspeth's main deck. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, before Concepts Arc Gear, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, I, I, I do kind of like hoarding for one of them. Yeah? Yeah, kind of, you know, like, just like, it's just like, again, you know, you, you dump your deck and then you're like, I've got this cord and you're like, now you get to just do two cards a turn, you know, at the end of your, at the end of your... Do you play one copy in that deck or that, four copies? One. But sometimes you're just going to go like, Elf Elf, play this thing and then roll the dice. I don't like the way that, I don't like that, I don't like the... I don't like the odds on that on those dice. Then, if that's the case, then you just play with like Nissa World Waker or something. I own all these cards, and I'm just never going to play. You know, I like own four Nissa World Wakers. Am I ever going to summon that card? I don't know. It just didn't it just win the Invitational? Yeah, but Did I just see CG player Invitational. Not in my hands. I just can't. Am I really going to play this card? I own like Anna Fenza, the three color one. I think I can imagine myself playing Fleecemane. Really, am I going to play Fleecemane Line before it rotates? Probably not. Right. I don't know. And Fleecemane Lion has done a lot of work. Not in my hands. That card has done... Like, these are just investments I didn't need to make, I think. Like, that card. That card's probably done more winning than... That card is Matthew Della Vadova. No, so it's, it's a it's, little white creature that no one thought was going to do that much, but it did a lot. That card's been, like, I mean, in all sorts. Won multiple Pro Tours in different decks. Patrick won the Pro Tour with it. Yeah. Who else won the Pro Tour with it? Didn't, uh, oh, no, no, maybe it didn't win, but it top. It, it, well, Ari Lex did not play that card. No, Ari didn't play it. What did it win? I thought it won something else, but I'm not remembering now, and I can't look at it. There up. hasn't been another another standard Pro Tour, right. has there? No, I guess not. So the previous one was won by Blue White Control. Right. And Patrick won. I don't think yeah. I don't think two people won. Oh, no, it. no, it made, it made the finals in the hands of uh, Younger Cunningham. 
That's not winning. No, it's not winning. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> In my head, yeah, he won that. Uh, your head is incorrect in this it is, case. It is, it is, it is, as it often is. That deck had a, what is it called? Voice of Resurgence? I thought that card was going to be a big deal. That card was a big deal. I mean, it was huge in Modern, right? Played against that card a lot in Modern. It didn't seem to be like that big of a deal. Seems like a, it seems like a fine magic card that you would pay, be happy to pay two mana for. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? It's just very value-y. It's not even that value-y. It's, like, pretty good, I think. I mean, like, your opponent has to deal with it, your board, or, you know, just kind of like, all right, well, I got something to start working with. I mean, like, this I mean, is... that what, card's also done a fair amount of winning. This is what happens to that card, like, 87% of the time. End of your turn, Doomblade it. Get a token, don't bother. Untap, Supreme Verdict's your whole team, you know? Agree or no? I mean, some some version of that. <laughs> some version of that. Um... Have you seen Pitch Perfect 2 yet? I haven't. It's so good. What? I saw it over the weekend. It's unbelievable. It's so much better than the first one. Really? It's so good. You know who's in it? Rando in it? Katie Seagal. So, every review I've seen for that, and every person on Facebook who's posted about it, yeah. has just said it was atrocious. Pitch Perfect 2. Pitch Perfect 2. The review I saw for it was entitled Blockapella. It's so good. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about this. I loved it. I loved it better than any movie I've seen this You can't do year. this. I'm doing it. Why? You love this movie so much that you're going to look this up? I'm breaking the rules, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I just hit R and Rotten Tomatoes came up. Okay. Pitch Perfect 2. Where you? Clark has seen it three times in the theater already. All right, you, you may have, like, you know, child for, you know childlike uh, projections upon you. Oh, yeah, that's really how I act. <laughs> the, yeah, but you, you go like, with your kids. It might be different. Once I went with my kid. I didn't go, like... You didn't go three times? You have to look. It, I, for some reason, this is not resolving Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it doesn't want you to look it up. Of course not. You don't deserve to know. Blockapella, that's good. Yeah, it is very good. I freaking loved it. Mark Herberholds on Facebook said, now there's two movies tied for most charming movie of all time, along with Pitch Perfect 1. Let's see. 65%. Fresh, and then what did audiences say? I'm looking. 73%. Audi audience loved it, 73. <clears throat> it's like more than half positive reviews. Sure. I mean, it's not like... I imagine the first one was significantly higher. We'll like, never know, because we'll we, we don't look things up. Yeah, no, Never. <laughs> But um, I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. I did. I, uh, I liked Mad Max Fury Road better than almost every other Mad Max movie. Almost every other Mad yeah. Max movie? Which ones are better? Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I, it's hard to grade. I mean, it's better than probably the first movie. Road Warrior's a pretty bad movie. And better than Thunderdome, which is a bad movie. Thunderdome is Aren't not those good. all of them? No, and then I like Road, I like Road Warrior. Road Warrior is horrible. I like Road Warrior. What do you like about Road Warrior? Everything. Do you like the acting in Road Warrior? Yeah. You're naysaying Pitch Perfect 2, but <laughs> you like the acting? Yeah. Do you like yeah. the story in Road Warrior? Yeah. Do you like the internal logic systems of Road Warrior? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, yeah, really. They're just, just pushing a bus in front of a... Just, gate or something. Did you, did you see this one? Not yet. 
It's insane. It's the best. It's easily the best action film I've seen in decades. I look forward to seeing it. I, I came very close to defending many people on. Because of their like anti-feminism no, stance. No, 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 no. I just I've, I've weeded those people out of my feed a long time ago. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man, I love I love to hear the conflicts, man. I just I just I just don't have patience it's like for people. A, I just like don't have patience a, for dumb people, like really dumb people. But uh, I, I think just, I think I learn a lot by listening to all different kinds of people, even those I don't agree with. Yeah. I mean, it can be frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But. Eh. I'm just. Just old and cranky. Want them off my lawn. How good is Game of Thrones on the past couple of weeks? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I was really surprised at this week's. So. People were very upset yesterday. Upset? Why? So, spoilers. All right. You just get off the podcast if you care about Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Go. People were super, super PO'd about Shireen. You don't know what happened to Shireen. It's off camera. I thought that they would be mad about his Hisdar because that reveals the fate of his Hisdar. I was shocked when the Sons of the Harpy killed his Hisdar. Sure. Like, I, I was sure that that yeah, guy no, was... No one gave a shit about that. Yeah? No one gave a shit about that. I was in love with Mormont's face turn there. Yeah. Right? He, like, throws the spear. Like, wait, he's, like, in love with Danny. Oh, there yeah, was no, a Son was, of the Harpy was, behind that was, her. That was, that was ridiculous. That was insane. Um... Actually, I, I love... Because uh, Danny like, ditches everybody else on Drogon and they're in danger. <laughs> is that basically what happens? I mean, everyone else has been pretty much burnt to a crisp. But I don't understand how there's so many or, freaking Sons of the Harpy and they're so well organized. I, I don't get it. Like, shouldn't the Unsullied be able to handle these guys? Well, the, I mean, in theory, it's like the entire city of Marine is against go to that one. Then she should. I mean, then she should have done what, you know, hot mercenary boyfriend said and just killed them all. <laughs> I mean, she does have dragons. She should just let the other dragons out. Yeah, man. Well, so. I think mean, I think we're, we're we're tiptoeing in that direction. Wait, so you don't think Shireen's dead? I'm saying I don't know, but who cares? She's got the grayscale. People were. There's no cure for it. People were. People were like, I'm not watching the show. That was the, that was the tipping point for people. I was like, multiple people in my Facebook feed were just like, done. Not watching the I show think anymore. that the freaking producers have been a g- ingenious this season. They start off a little slow. They put that episode that everyone gets up in arms in, and then just line up the sweet episodes after that. I'm like, oh, you quit? Then you don't get to see Come, <laughs> come At Me Snow. Come At Me Snow was like, no one saw that coming. No. Right? No, no, no. Apparently, that, I, I think, we talked about that last week, though. But that happens in the books, but it's off camera, I but, think. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it yeah. is off camera. He's like, oh, we went and bad things happened, and here are some giants yeah. and uh, wild people. Um, but I thought Alistair's line was really good. He's like, you have a good heart, Jon Snow. Oh, yeah. You're going to get us all killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's been, it's been spectacular. It's actually just been spectacular. But uh, are you, uh, what else are you watching? These right are the now? things that I love also. When Jack and Agar, when they're like, well, what if Arya fails? And he's like, it's all the same with the faceless god. I was like, oh, man, that's the best. Wait, so is that guy that she, like, followed into the whorehouse? Is that the guy who killed Sirio Pharrell? Yes, I believe so. Oh, is she going to mess him <laughs> up? I think she's going to mess him up with poison or a sword. Is she allowed to kill people off book? I don't know. Is she only allowed to kill people that she's, like, instructed to kill? I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're beyond. We are like we're, beyond. We're, we're beyond the wall of the books at this point. <laughs> So like if she should, like, I mean so like say you say you're a servant of the many-faced god, right? Yeah. 
Like somebody just writes somebody's name down and hands it to you in a prison camp, right? You gotta kill that person. Yeah, right? I think it's all. I think it's all good. But like, if you just want to, let's say I just don't like you, can I kill you? Face God doesn't care. Let's say you've got like a, a purse full of gold. Can I kill you and take the purse full of gold? Yeah, well, you might get killed for it. What if I donate half of the purse full of gold to the many face God? He, he, everyone would everyone would be happy. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true of all religions. <laughs> So like, so I'm just thinking, you know, he's checking a guard. He knows the score. He's like, oh, is the thin man dead? He's like, no, he didn't buy my cockles today. Well, I guess that's why he's thin. Yeah. I, it's funny. Uh, in the books, I always want to get back to the Arya storyline. Yeah. And in the show, I'm just like, get, just. Did you read the preview chapter that's from Arya's point of view? No. It's awesome. I just. She's, I, a, she's a whore in the, in the preview chapter. So you're like confused about what it is. It's just like this, this like. You know, whorehouse, like you know, parading all the prostitutes out, sort of thing. And then the, the most beautiful prostitute comes out, and then like, oh, blah blah blah. Then she kills him. He's like, sorry, I was really Arya. <laughs> and she's like, zoinks! I, uh, <laughs> Many faced God, superpowers go. I wasn't really a prostitute. I was a little girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a preview chapter that's on his website right now. I, uh, but it, but in the show, I just kind of just just don't just. Go get get out of there! Oh, shut up! She's the bomb. I don't. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't. I want to know what's happening elsewhere. I don't care about that. See, like I don't. In the books, I don't care what's going on in the wall. You know, yeah. I, want, I want more Arya. Oh, no. You know what I really don't care about? Bran. If they just <laughs> never pick up the. You know who else doesn't care about Bran? The he, writers. <laughs> he hasn't even been on this season. Has, is he was he on last season? No. The last thing we saw was people throwing flaming acorns at him, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, he's just. <laughs> Just don't care. Him and Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, and and Rickard. Rickon. Rickon. Rickard is like the brother of Ned Stark. Yeah, Rickon. Or his dad. Yeah, but he's also still alive, right? He's in the neck. He's not. He's not. uh, He's not north. He's south. He's in the neck. Why is he in the neck? They split up so that the princes couldn't both be killed. Asha hasn't. Not is it Asha? No, Usha. Yeah, they changed her name. Asha is Theon's sister. Usha is the. Wildling girl who serves the Starks, but right. you probably didn't remember because they have not had her on camera no, in a no, long no, no. time. No. <coughs> yeah, but he's like, he's like the superpowered Stark, right? Yeah. He's like the Clark Kent of the Starks. He can fly in the form of a of a three headed raven or something. Three eyed, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bran's a warg, right? But they're all wargs. They're all wargs. Yeah. All the Stark children are warg powers. It's like, uh, it's a, there's this thing where, like, a, the Queen of the Wolves in the Riverlands killed an entire platoon of Lannisters, and it was just Arya dreaming, right? So, so Arya was, like, asleep, and she's like, oh, uh, I had a dream where I killed all of the Lannisters in wolf form, surrounded by wolves that served me. And then somebody walked like, interestingly, a pack of wolves killed all the Lannisters in this woods. What a weird dream that was. Where's that? What book is that? It's, from? like, in book three, I want to say. Uh. I don't remember that. Yeah, Arya has a dream. Book three was a while. I gotta, I gotta, I actually, once the new book comes out, I actually have yeah. to go back and. But it establishes that all this, all the Stark children are wargs. Yeah. Right, because if she can do it, yeah, Frank can do it, John can do it. So. Shaggy dog, a shaggy dog. Have you? Are you excited about True Detective? I've not seen the first season yet. I know. Oh, you should really. I flipped on an episode of the, of the first season. There's just this spectacularly beautiful naked woman sleeping with one of the true detectives it turns out she was the wife of the other one yeah. I'm like this seems like a, a show I could that's, get into uh, yeah it's um, what's her face Mon- Michelle Monaghan is she on a show that I've seen is she on 
The Affair? Who, which show is she on? No, that's that's the. She looks a little bit like um, Ruth Walker. Yeah, Ruth Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, who was on Luther. Oh, that's where I know her yeah, from. Yeah, but that's not that's the, Michelle Monaghan was uh, Michelle Monaghan's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I've never seen that one. Is that You've one good? Never seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is that Iron Man and Batman? Yes, I'm going to tell you right now that it's, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is my your favorite, favorite movie. movie. It's my favorite movie. It's just your favorite movie. Is it on Netflix? It probably is. It's probably on Amazon Prime for sure. Like it's, Prime that I have to pay for? Probably not. Oh, I like it already. But even if you have to pay for it, just you pay. You watch it. I'll pay for it. I like this deal. You watch it. I'm gonna, You're going to love this movie. I hope that it's free, and then I'm going to say that it wasn't free. I have Amazon Prime. I'll know. I'll get you. <laughs> right, well, you guys took the hooks. <laughs> Boom! Um, <laughs> There's $3 you're never going to see again. So I just watched uh, I just watched Bosch on Is Amazon it, Prime. Oh, his new show with uh, the, the guy Titus from... Titus Welver. Yeah, the guy from Lost, right? He was on Lost. He was on Deadwood. What's it about? It's basically based on a series of crime novels by this guy, Michael Connolly. Yeah. Uh, and it's like L.A. noir, uh, modern modern times. Yeah. And he's just, it's it's pretty much a procedural show, but it takes place over 10 episodes. What's up? Uh, we're no longer talking about Batman and Iron Man. I will, though I will talk about Batman all day for any purpose. <laughs> So I was reading this comic book today, and like... Get back, get back on topic. Batman had Justice Buster topic. armor. Justice Buster. Back on topic. So anyway, so Michael Con- Anyway, but it stars uh, Marlo from The Wire. Have you watched The I'm Wire? I'm listening. It stars Lance Reddick from The Wire. It stars Titus Welliver from Deadwood, and Lost. Lost, everything else. Stars... Did you watch 24? Yeah, I've seen every episode as well. you remember Renee Walker? Agent Renee Walker. Sure. She was on. And remember the girl who kills his wife on Twenty Four, the, ba- the, the bad agent. Uh, oh, from the L Word. Yeah, she's yeah. on it. So it's just like basically Deadwood, Twenty Four, and The Wire. Like makes up basically makes up the cast. But it's a good show. show. Yeah, truly, it's, it's really well done. All right, if the uh, if if the Americans is a ten, what's Bosch? Uh, eight five. Eight five. Eight five. For calibration purposes. What Sons of Anarchy on this? All right, do this. In Sons, order. Sons is uneven, so. That's only because they didn't know they were going to have a yeah, first season. That's not their fault. Yeah. Okay. Because once they knew so, it was so, good again. Sons is probably a, a, a nine. And then what's Justified? Justified's a ten for me. You, what's Justified or Americans? You only get one. Justified. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I don't have the current season it's not on TV anymore I uh, watched all the other episodes I love I love. should I just pay for I don't want to pay for it it's going to be free in five minutes yeah. if I don't pay for it yeah the last season's great yeah yeah it's, it's my, it's just like I one. feel like the motivations of the principal cast are too uneven though that's the only thing okay. like Ava's just like oh I'm in love with Raylan oh then I'm in love with him and oh I'm not in love with him anymore like <laughs> but there's not enough catalyst to it you know like, they're, like, madly in love, like, willing to sacrifice everything for each other, right? And then she's just, like, shrugged back to Raylan. Like, that doesn't bother you? No. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole show in one setting. I did. So, right? like, so stuff, stuff, stuff tends to look different when, you, when you're looking at it from that lens. Oh, yeah, you probably watched it over the course of five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it over the course of five weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? So. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's... I, so I started watching. I don't know if I'm gonna love it, but I, I have two episodes in. So it's my new treadmill show. Yeah. Banshee. 
Is that the is that the Cinemax show? Yeah. Do how many shows do you watch from Amazon Prime? So Catherine's favorite shows are all Amazon shows. She loves Mozart in the Jungle. Have you seen that? I haven't one? watched that yet. It's Bernadette Peters and uh, yeah, Gael, it's supposed to be good. Super handsome guy. She loves it. It's like yeah. one of her favorite shows. She loves Transparent. My 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 wife loved that. Yeah. Gee, it's on my list. It's like one of the next shows I'm gonna. Watch. She's like, oh, watch Transparent, watch Transparent, but like, it's just it's not that I don't think I would not like. It's just like. It's just not my vibe, you know? Like, I want to... I'd just rather watch Amy Schumer or something, sure, you know? Sure. Like, Like, I know that Amy Schumer's not going to enrich my soul. No, but... I want to watch people beat each other to death with manhole covers. Yeah, so that's why they're Sons of Anarchy, yeah, you know? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's on, it's on my list of shows to watch. Man in the High Castle has come really highly recommended. What's that? It's based on a Philip K. Dick novel. It's a show on What's Amazon. What's not based on a Philip K. Dick novel? Not many things, but it's supposedly... Gotten great reviews. And Man in a high, and it's a show. I believe so. Yeah, <coughs> it keeps showing up in my queue. I just don't understand how they can just make all these channels just make all these shows. Wait, Sense Eight is that the new one? That's the new Netflix thing. Yeah, so it's J. Michael Straczynski and the Wachowskis. Yeah, like it's supposed to be a glorious mess. Like in the same way that Cloud, like I loved Cloud Atlas. Did you like Cloud Atlas? No, I haven't seen Cloud Atlas. I loved it, and so I you had, love it. That, so, so my guess is that you will love this. So like Cloud Atlas, based At- on what I've read, like every every review of Cloud Atlas was wrong, right? They, I think that most of the people just didn't understand it, except for Ebert, who was like, "What a great movie!" It's like it's, you know, it's so nuanced, etc. Yeah. I would actually so substantially recommend Cloud Atlas. They they, they said that Sense Eight violates just a lot of what you expect from a TV show. Is that bad? No, no, that, that was so. The review I read was like, it does all these things, and it basically breaks all these rules, and it does all this really interesting stuff. And then his next line was, but it stinks. But Freema from uh, Doctor Who Season 2 is in it. Okay, I, don't, I haven't watched Doctor Who Season 2. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. With Dr. Jones? No. I've only watched the Moffat episodes. Yeah, you haven't. You watched Blink, right? Yeah. She's his companion. Oh, okay. She's my favorite companion ever. Oh, I like her. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. She's, uh, she's in Sense8. Okay. Um, oh, I have a comics recommendation. Okay. The Unwritten, have you heard of it? I think I've heard of it. So Teddy recommended it to me years ago, and I just like, and it, there was a sale of it on Comicsology last year for like the entire series was like a dollar, so it was like sixty bucks or whatever for the entire series. You know, each one was a dollar, and I never got around to reading it for more than even though he like recommended it to me like far in the past, right? Whenever it came out, and then I just bought it on a sale last year and just never read. It. And I just started reading it because like. I don't remember. I think my Marvel Unlimited downloads weren't working or something. Yeah. So I was just like, I'll just read this finally. It is unbelievably good. I I have a hard time recommending anything higher. It's so good. So who did it again? So it's written by uh, Mike Carey, the guy from Lucifer. Okay. And then it's illustrated by Peter Gross, the guy from Books of Magic. Oh, okay. I and like Peter Gross. So like... To even say what the high concept of it is very difficult. Okay. Like Teddy tried to write what the high concept was, like in I think like a blog post or an article is once. Is it Vertigo or is it? Yeah, it's Vertigo. Okay. But they had like a crossover with fables, like which is like which is whack. Because like these aren't books that cross over, right? right? Like they're in their own universes. But like the conceit is basically like all the stories are true and. Yeah, don't don't even tell me. I'll just yeah. I'll just do it. Yeah, it's super good. Um, uh, I have one one comic slot. Yeah. Just, so, so I'm looking at all the, and I, and I haven't read any of these, so yeah. I'm just looking at all the, like, Marvel announcements, like, post-Secret Wars, yeah. where they're just, like, rebooting the entire universe from issue one. Like, oh, oh well, in the comics that it's In the right. comics, right? Yeah. Like, there's, like, does it seem a little 
weird to you? Just just from a business standpoint that they're setting out all these movies yeah. and these franchises and they're establishing this interest in these characters yeah. and that you're going to go to a comic store and you won't necessarily find accessible comic book stories featuring those characters? Not at all. So I actually have a... I've thought about this a lot, right? So one of the things they did over the course of last year was to kill Wolverine. Sure. And a lot of people thought that was crazy and yeah. stupid. That, right? That's different. Right? They, there's a reason they want to kill Wolverine. They want to devalue the Fox sure. franchise. Sure, sure, Right? Sure. So... They're like, oh, X-Men is... They can't actually overtly cancel X-Men. It sells too well. Right. But they could take the stars out of it, right? They're canceling Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. Just so that... Yeah. The, sure. Just to not give even a small amount of promotion to this sure. movie coming out. Sure. Right? So, uh, Randy Lander, who used to work for me... Uh, I know. Uh, at, at the dojo, and he was like a very noted comics reviewer yeah. for many years, uh, from the fourth rail and from... Uh, whatever comic book resources he was on. Yeah. And uh, he owns a comic book store now, right? And one of the things he was lamenting about was that there's no, like, old Guardians of the Galaxy trades of it that are, like, available in yeah, print. Yeah, Like, so all the stuff that you buy for Guardians of the Galaxy trades are, like, more or less modern stuff. But the thing is, the Guardians of the Galaxy from when I was a kid are, like... Who's the guy with the pen that flies around and kills you or whatever? He's like that arrow. That guy's one of the Guardians of the Galaxy from back yeah. then. And like Vance Astrovic or whatever, like yeah. some whack telekinetic Captain America shield holder, right? These aren't the characters that are in the movie. Like they actually want the Bendis Guardians of the Galaxy to be the ones that people think of as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. Like Rocket, Groot, Drax, and all the stories with those guys in them <laughs> are available in trade paperback, right? So what are you going to do in terms, of, in terms of movies? You know, Girl Thor outsells regular oh, of course Thor. It does. She calls it, you know. I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do those things. I'm, the thing that's I'm, super I'm, surprising is Ms. Marvel, the the Muslim yeah, teenage yeah, inhuman yeah, yeah. Ms. Marvel, yeah. is like the darling of all comics reviews. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves her yeah. book, you know? So like they're doing stuff super inclusive and people are buying sure. the comics. But at the same time, I feel like, I guess in general, I just feel like there's not a very accessible right. Marvel universe. And I'm, I'm not talking about any of even the... I'm just talking about, like, it's just like this... Just this incredibly ornate cogs within cogs within cogs reboots and, like, things that sort of require you to have this big burden of continuity versus just, like, creating... I feel like there's just this opportunity so, for just Captain so America comics. Let's step back just, for a second. Yeah. Step back, Or just okay? Black Widow comics. Who's the Avengers lineup after Secret Wars? Do you know? No. It's Captain America. Do you know yeah. who Captain America is? Yep. Sam Wilson. Yeah. Okay? It's Sam Wilson, Iron Man, Miles Morales, the the Muslim and human Ms. Marvel. Yep. Nova. Like, it's like all, like, they're, like, newish, like, clean lines characters. Yeah. Like, super, like, Justice League of multiculturalism, right? There's right. a black yeah, Captain yeah. America, a Muslim inhuman, yeah. uh, a, you know, a Spanish Spider-Man, you know, like, and that's like, that's just the banner they want to fly under right now. Um, is it, is it so divorced from the, the movies? No, because who are the Avengers they had? Vision, right? right yeah. Vision and like their, their, their Iron Man has gray armor now, right? Like who are the Avengers at the end of the Avengers? Vision, Sam Wilson. Right. Like a gray armored Iron Man proxy, right? These that's basically who they're putting in. There's rumors that Spider-Man is gonna be a teenage Spider-Man is gonna be in Civil right. War. 
Who even knows if that's Peter Barker? Right. I mean, Miles Morales is like I the, actually the, I the, don't the, like the, the the implication has been that it's Miles Morales, played by um, the actor who played Chris Rock's proxy on oh, it, it, Chris. Like I mean, I kind of don't like the idea that you can remove Peter Parker from being Spider-Man and now Miles Morales is Spider-Man. Like that's like Peter Parker is the iconic Marvel character. Right. Right. Like. I have, a, I have a problem with that, right? There's been a lot of great stories about Peter Parker. Yeah. I'm actually, what I'm actually just reading is like the main thing I'm reading right now is just like all of the Spider-Man comics that came after Brand New Day, which was the story that they used to break up and remove from continuity the marriage of Mary Jane Watson and Peter Parker from comics. It's actually awesome. Dan Slott's written a lot of it. Um, really super enjoy it. But like, you're going to excise 50 years of Spider-Man right. in favor of like this little kid. Like, I, I don't know. I almost everything else I can swallow. Okay, but I guess, but that's, I, guess that's... I guess they've done that before, right? It's just like really. Well, I mean, if you think about DC Comics, right? Like someone else becomes the Flash from okay. Golden Age to Silver Age, right? Like I'm just saying, like I you mean, do, the you Flash do is nowhere near as important in DC do. Universe. I'm just saying you do. And reinvent by the way, Barry Allen is the Flash again. Okay. Sure. But it, he took, was, it took him decades to come back. But he wasn't but. the first Flash. But Barry Allen is the Flash. Like, but Jay he wasn't Garrett, the first Flash. Jake Garrick was never thought of in the mind of the of the comics reader as the Flash. Sure, not, yes, not in nineteen thirty-three, in sixty-something. I mean, I'd hate to say about how many people read comics back then because comics, like the crappy comics, used to circulate three million okay, copies com- back com- then. Comics would get canceled at a quarter million copies. Yeah, like literally, literally there were like literally, three million copies just like, from newsstands. Right? Sold, we sold a quarter million copies of this comic this month. Yeah, canceled. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's hard for me to say that, but. Like, I mean, if you think about the mind share of people, I mean, Barry Allen is the iconic Flash, right? Sure. Or Wally West wearing Barry Allen's uniform is the yeah. iconic Flash. Yeah, no, so I'm, I, I am not, I guess I'm not saying, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe I'm certainly not saying anything like Marvel shouldn't be, I, I love what Marvel's doing in terms of the multiculturalism yeah. and, and the gender and inclusiveness. And it's selling, that's yeah, the yeah, thing no, that's of crazy. It, of course if it, it wasn't selling, I'd be like, enough no, with this forced garbage. Not, but I'm like, just, I just... It's, I'm talking more about sort of like the age tone of the comics. Oh, they're too young now. No, that they're not young enough. I feel like. I feel really? Like, yeah, I feel like. I feel like you want this kind of like really clean, simple, like you know, superhero comic that people can go into a comic store like, oh, I saw a Captain America movie. I want to read a Captain America comic, and it's just like Captain America Adventures, and it's not like burdened with. All this continuity. But the whole point of the the post-Secret Wars stuff is like, it's like a clean slate. Miles Morales is Spider-Man now. I never buy that that's a clean slate. I mean, look, DC rebooted New 52 two years ago, three years ago, and they're they're undoing everything. The Convergence event just finished, right? In the last year they've done, we talked about this actually on the podcast a few weeks ago, they've done like Multiversity, Convergence, Future's End, World's End. There's like... Did you, uh, did you read... The Green Lantern uh, convergence stories. I didn't read any convergence stories. Oh. I'm waiting for the price to go down. Okay, my uh, my my friends Dave and Steve, Steve Ellis, yeah. and Dave Gallagher did those. They're they've been very well uh, well received. Yeah. So um, basically, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern story. Like, uh, I just I don't know how you like back to back do, World's End, Future's End, Multiversity, and Convergence, which are like different angles on the same story, like. X months in, in a row, like they just, there's not even any space between multiversity and convergence. The next month they had this right. crazy crossover, right? But I guess it just reestablishes the pre New Fifty Two universe. I, I don't know. 
And it took all the time in multiversity to tell you which universe was which. <laughs> um, but anyway, my favorite comic to read, like, on a monthly basis, like, what's being more or less published uh, on a regular basis right now is New Avengers. Or I guess it's, like, dialing down now because yeah. of the Secret Wars event. And I can totally see how that's not the, that's not the comic that Marvel wants to have face forward. It's, like, Reed Richards, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, you know, like... Iron Man guys who are like too smart for their own good doing stuff that other superheroes wouldn't approve of. Correct. That's literally it. Like like there's like three Avengers teams, you know, or four Avengers teams, three of which are hunting down these guys for for crimes against humanity, but they're like, We're trying to save the universe. Your means are not acceptable to us, you know? <laughs> and it's like I can see how they don't want that to be the, the... And I think that the overarching message that Hickman has with it is, like, this isn't actually how superheroes are supposed to behave. Right. But I like it a lot. Like, they're, they're total, like, ends justify the means superheroes, right? And they're like, we're, we're so smart. We understand the big picture. All the stuff that people like Steve Rogers think, they just... They don't, they don't look at the big picture enough. The, the correct solution to most of these problems is to launch a missile that's containing Bruce Banner at the direction of the people you don't like and then watch what happens next, you know? Because maybe I'm just... I just like, you know, the Steve Rogers solution. I could see it, you know? You know, I mean, I like... I like the idea of Peter Parker being just buried beneath the rubble fighting some killer robot and managing to muster the strength to go on because yeah. he loves Aunt May. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, the, the Dan Slott conception of, of Spider-Man is, like, there's two really good guys, right? It's, like, Steve Rogers and Peter Parker. Yeah. And, like, everybody else is, like, horrible people compared to them. And then, like, these are two, they're not as powerful as everybody else. They keep getting beat up. Everyone tells them how they're not smart or they're not right. They're just, like, you know, Peter Parker just does the right thing. Every yeah. single occasion he can, he does the right thing. He will risk his own neck to save his worst enemy over and over and over again. And like, that's the conception of Peter. And then there's the other, which is like, you know, Reed Richards sitting around doing calculus tables, deciding which planets get to live. <laughs> Lo and behold, it's never the ones that he doesn't live on, right? Like, <laughs> like you know, the, did, did you read any of the Council of Reed stuff? I did, yeah, yeah. Where, like, they all have infinity gauntlets and they just go eliminate the realities they don't like. <laughs> it's a... Yeah, Hickman tells some big stories. He's like the bomb. Yeah, he tells some very, very big stories. I like, I liked what he did because he did something where each issue was like a self-contained story that felt like a throwback to the Silver Age. Yeah. But it was all building blocks for this gigantic, like cosmic, you know, you know, gazing into infinity kind of story. So, like the whole last year of his FF Fantastic Four run, like I think like he was done. He was just like, all right, I did this gigantic tapestry for the last four or five years. Every single soul on Earth thinks this is the best comic on Earth, or two comics on Earth, you know. I killed Johnny Storm, I brought back Johnny Storm, right? Like, I put Peter Parker on the Fantastic Four. They're wearing white uniforms now. There's a whole comic dedicated just to kids, you know? Like, Dragon Man hangs out. Like, you know, all this, you know, we have a pet Galactus. Doctor Doom is a consultant working for us. You know, like, all these, like, huge stories and reversing, like, who the good guys and the bad guys are and all this stuff. I think, like, the entire last year, he's just like, I'm just going to tell fun stories. One of the stories he had was, like, Johnny Storm comes back to life, and he ends up being Peter Parker's roommate, right? And it's just, like, how impossible it is to live with Johnny Storm. And at one point, Johnny Storm hooks up with, uh, with uh, uh, Mary Jane at a party, <laughs> which is hilarious, right? Um, 
But anyway, so he, he, the entire last year of the Fantastic Four, and he did like, you could have taken, just put your hand into a long box, grabbed any one of those last 12 issues, any one of them could have been comic of the year. And they're like just nothing to do with each other. Right. One of them is like, this is the story of a Reed Richards from another universe who rose out through, I don't know, either like Stalinist Russia after World War II or like Nazi Germany and took control of his universe. And there's a bunch of horrible stuff at the end. You're like, well, they were probably better off. Like that's like that, that's a conclusion you come to, right? Here's just a story about like thing, like this is like what thing will do for the next, you know, however many thousands of years because he doesn't die of old age, right? Because he's made of rocks, and it's just like like this is this is the the universe through the eyes of Ben Grimm right. as yeah, as time goes by, and it's just this, you're like crying at the end. You're like Ben sees his like teammates die and like technology's like super awesome later, but but like in the next generation, Ben is still in the Fantastic Four, or, like whatever. Incarnation of the Fantastic because he doesn't get old, he doesn't die of old age, right? He's just like, I'm still a superhero, I punch stuff, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I love it. I, uh, no, I, I, I like his, I like his sort of big idea approach. Yeah, so, I mean, but I think he, he has a, I mean, I, the entire Secret Wars stories like, dovetails out of his Avenger stories, which are that basically there's these competing, competing cabals of super geniuses destroying universes and the last two universes standing are the ultimate universe and the Marvel universe and after after that's done there's just going to be the Miles you Morales want, do you want to come where Albert team drafts? no I'm going to go home actually I want to get ice cream where do you want to get ice cream? big gay? alright alright we're getting ice cream bye okay.